That's just I I love also with Ben Chirot. They 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 didn't see Ben Chirot getting tripped, but they saw and we've talked about this over. They saw his retaliation. Another problem with the refs that they don't go for a call. They always go for the retaliation, which I mean, call them both in that situation. But no, you're not allowed. That's I. It's the stupidest thing in the world. Hell, we should have just put this in for. Alex, we're back. Hi, Adam. Alex, I think I'm going to sound a lot better on the show today. Why is that? Uh, because I'm sick and my voice is a bit deeper than normal. <laughs> oh, good, good. Yeah, but uh, I do apologize. If I ever if I start sneezing or coughing, I will mute my mic and all that. But Alex, anyway, we're back. The show is on. Um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of personality in the show today, I think you can say. There's going to be a whole lot of personality in the show today. A lot of energy and all that. Um, positive and negative. Um, I think there's going to be more negative than positive, to be honest with you. <laughs> probably, probably. I'm just Let's just quickly, you know, Andreas Janssen's hurt. I said F the refs in the, in the notes today. Druin's hurt again. Gallagher's not okay. I just, in all capitals, said it's over for the Habs. Um, player safety is just... Such player safety. We talk Nothing. about it every week, but this week I think normally it's just you saying something. But yeah, I, I really, I, I have a lot to say. More and more players are getting hurt. Um, we have a coach firing, which somehow feels like an afterthought. And um, a player on waivers, Alex. So we've got a lot to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Two and One Podcast, a new standard in sports podcasting. No response. No response. But anyway, Alex, let's get started into the power hour. And we talked about it a bit last week, but I want to open the show really talking about the Sedins 22-33, Hendrick Daniel in the rafters. You Wait, love to see it. question. Who's the uh, power hour sponsored by? The power hour is sponsored by Evander Kane for today. <laughs> because I love him so much. Oh, Okay. Not by my dog. She's downstairs. She's sleeping. So we're going to give it to... Uh... Actually, no, Kevin Bieksa. Because did you watch his speech? Yes, I did. So f- I love when he's like, so you might see him at Ikea. And then everyone starts laughing. And then he says, that's not a joke, people. <laughs> like, if you need somebody to MC some sort of ceremony, you got to get Kevin Bieksa. It was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. It was like your favorite part of the ceremony. Probably. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool. It was really nice to see Ryan Kessler being embraced by those fans. Yeah, for like, sure. If it was Montreal, I think he gets booed. Probably. Yeah. And also, uh, Jacob Markstrom, a 49 save shutout for that celebration, too. Just killing it. I feel like we have. When was the last time we talked about Jacob Markstrom? Um. I feel like we don't talk about him enough. We've only talked That's about the, the contract scenario when it was reported in your headlines. But no, he's been very, very good. I don't like giving credits to the Canucks because I'm just like that. But uh, they're a fun team. And they've been on top of the Pacific for a few weeks now. So, Yes. It is going to be interesting. 
that division is going to be very interesting. Every time I see one of, I, I look at a schedule and I see a Pacific team is playing, I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, that is a massive must-win game. It's absolutely incredible what the, those teams are doing, especially Edmonton, who don't have the best player in the world and his somehow line mate, and are still just on the back of Leon Drysdale, little Drysdale, Leon Drysdale, sorry, are just killing it. But forget about the Pacific. Let's talk about a player in the Central Division, Miko Rantanen. This yes. is fascinating to me. He's going to start mandatory mandatory finished military service during the summer. So I started reading this article for, uh, free, from the Colorado Hockey Now. And apparently, Finland has a rule where yeah. it's, it, it's very strict in Finland when it comes to conscription. So every quote, this is from this article, physically able male-born in Finland must serve at least six months in the military or 13 months in the civil service before they turn 29. No exceptions. And those who don't fulfill these requirements are imprisoned. Yep. Now, Finland's a pretty, like Finland's known as one of those neutral Scandinavian countries, but this is fascinating to me. Yeah. So I, I found it on, I, I was scrolling through Facebook yesterday and it was one of the articles that popped up and I thought it was, uh, something interesting to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, he's serving this summer and probably the next two summers. Uh, I think the article was saying it de- just depends on how long, uh, the avalanche are in the playoffs for, it's probably going to be about two, uh, this summer and the next two. I don't know about you, but yeah, I think it's going to take more than one summer because I really do yeah, see. Yeah. I think I have Colorado winning the cup this year. I really like that team. Really? Yeah, I really, I really do. Uh, those top three central teams are all in such a good place, and I just, I really like Colorado. I think they have it all. I love their defense. I love their youth. I love their speed. I love they have the great guys like Nazem Kadri and Nathan McKinnon. Do I need to say more? Probably not. No. But hey, um, I like that from Finland. I like that a lot. Um, just so shocking to me. Finland, mandatory service. Of course, he's, Rantanen's what, like 23, I think? Miko, I agree. Miko, okay, yeah. So that's uh, nice to know he's he's getting it done. Yeah, I love boy Miko. All right. I mean, he's... It's a good way to keep in shape, I bet. A buddy of mine's in the reserves and, you know, stuff like basic and training, that isn't the easiest thing in the world. So, I mean, he'll be in shape come next season. <laughs> probably. Wow, well, I guess, like, all the, like, Patrick Laine is probably going to have to do it. It's weird that we've never heard about this before. Yeah, we, I feel like we've never heard of this before. Yeah. That's, a, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these Finns are more leaner guys. Like, yes, very cut Kenyemi, uh, Maybe that's when the Finns just suddenly turn into monsters is when they've done their military service. Yeah. I wonder if they just, it's not a whole lot talked about. I guess. But hey, uh, good for them. I wonder what the injury stuff would be like for that. Maybe my my mind's just going down down too much of a rabbit hole here. But anyway, let's stick in the Central Division. The Minnesota Wild have fired head coach Boos Brudrow. Yeah, man, this was very confusing. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, they they sit three points out of the second wild card spot. Uh, they have a record of 27, 23, and seven. 
uh, I just thought this was the weirdest thing. So I have a quote here uh, from Bill Guerin. And so he said, Guerin said, this change doesn't change the fact that the goal for the Minnesota Wild is the playoffs. Uh, And the quote is, I expect this team to compete for a playoff spot. I think maybe some adjustments or a different voice that Dean will bring will help the guys. Uh, Dean being Dean Everson, who was the assistant coach and will now take control of the team for the rest of the season. I don't I still don't understand this firing. So you trade your best forward, your head coach who has had nothing but success in his career, except game sevens at home. We'll talk about that though. And you still expect your team to make it? Uh I mean, yeah, they're in the position, and I believe they're only they're five, four, and one in their last ten. That's not amazing. But they're in the they're in the central division. Second last in that division still in a race. I mean well, I understand it. You, you know, Garen, Bill Garen came out and said that they're going to do a full search for a permanent replacement during the offseason. Before that, I would have assumed that, okay, you know, there's a whole list of, of, of big options out there uh, to bring in to replace Bruce Boudreaux. But I'd assume they're going to do that now. Now, I, I don't see why you fire Boudreaux now. And bring in Everson, it, it doesn't make sense to me. It, it seems really weird. Were you? Uh, we didn't see this coming, but were you really that shocked? Because it felt like this was coming for a while. It's 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 not that I would. Okay, I feel like we've been talking about Boudreaux being fired for like a couple of years now, mm-hmm. because. Minnesota it isn't good enough to make a deep playoff run and isn't bad enough to bottom out. And I feel like the the owner and the GM, they didn't know what direction they wanted to take the team. Right? Okay, what are we doing? Are we going to try to build this team up or are we going to just tear it down and re- completely rebuild? And now that I think uh, Bill Guerin has a better idea of what he wants to do, which even by that quote, it doesn't. I don't feel like he has an a plan. Like I feel like he has a plan. I just don't know what the plan is. I would agree. I, I he, when I saw that Zuka trade, I thought, all right, Minnesota are finally gonna tear it down. But now, I just with that quote and the Boudreaux firing, I agree. I just I have no clue what you're doing here. Now. There's a, for me, there are two questions that really came out of this firing. Uh, number one, who is going to be his permanent replacement replace, next season? Now, there's three. Op- well, I have three options here. I don't know if you have any other names. Um, obviously, we have Gerard Gallant, who was fired by Vegas a, couple, a month ago. Not even. Mm. Uh, Peter Laviolette, who was let go by the... Uh, Nashville Predators a month ago and we have one name I don't I don't think this is gonna be a case but I put it down anyways in Babcock I don't think that's gonna happen but you never know um I was actually the first name I thought of was Mike Babcock I won't lie to you because it it, it encap- encapsulates Minnesota to a T um that's a coach that you would bring into a winning team, I think, now. 
and the Minnesota Wilds still don't know what exactly they are. They think they're winning, I guess. I don't think if I'm Gerard Gallant, I wouldn't go anywhere near Minnesota because of the reasons we've just talked about. If I'm Gerard Gallant, I want to win. But it, it's it's interesting to think about if I'm Gerard Gallant, I go in for an interview and Bill Guerin says, okay, we're going to tear down this team and do a rebuild. I think that's something Gerard Gallant can do. I mean, you, you look at what he did in Vegas, I guess it was a little bit different because you have all these guys who really weren't anyone didn't think much about them. Like who thought about William Carlson? You know, you look at a, like a guy like that, just, I feel like Minnesota, depending on the direction they want to go, could be a good destination for Gallant. Well, the Minnesota Wild are one of those teams that um, we don't quite know what they're doing, but they will be fascinating to keep an eye on. Let's see if they make any more moves come to deadline. Last question. Yeah. Where does Bruce Boudreaux go next? I think that Bruce Boudreaux is the next head coach of the Dallas Stars. You think so? Uh, I do. I do. Um, The reason I say that is because, like Minnesota, they wear green. Um, I think he'll want to stay in the Central to stick it to his old team. And I just don't know how convinced I am that the stars will stick with Rick Bonus in the long term. I think a lot. I, see, I have three na- three teams, and Dallas was not one of them. All right, who do you have? I have San Jose. That's a good shout. If I don't know if they're going to, I have Bob Bugner, right? That's their head coach right now. Yes. If that's what they want to do long term, I have Calgary. You know, I believe Jeff Ward still, he's, I don't, I think he has a job for the rest of the season. I'm not sure if he got a multi-year deal. And you're going to hate me for this one. But I'm just throwing the name out there, depending on, on what's going to happen, is Montreal. I, th- I thought about that. I won't lie to you. Because I think. You know, we, we have all these discussions about Bergevin, but I don't think Bergevin's getting fired. And at that point, if Bergevin's not getting fired and the, and Montreal really hits the fan, I think at that point he, he might fire Julian to to throw away some heat. That would suck. Julian it would a, suck. Uh, well, Boudreaux sounds French, I guess. No, but he's from Toronto. That would... Oh, damn, don't do that to me, Alex. Oh, I'm just no, I I didn't do that. When I wrote Montreal down, I didn't even think about him being from Toronto. I just thought if there's a list of people or a list of teams, sorry, Montreal would make sense because someone's gonna have to take the blame, and I don't think it's gonna be Mark Bergevin. I mean, hey, um, we can blame him for a lot of stuff, and we might do that a little later. Alex, but anyway, uh, I want to talk to you about the defenseman <laughs> who used to play in the Central Division a long time ago. He's only played 19 games this year. He's got five points in those games. One of them are a goal. He's just been sent down, assigned to Rochester. No word whether he will report or not yet. He's got another year left on this deal, making $4 million. No, that's wrong. 
It's five million. It's buried. That's why. Sorry. Five million dollars. Yeah. Five point one four to eight five seven million dollars. If you want to get technical with the numbers. And if that eight five seven's not there, that deal doesn't get done. But Zach <laughs> Bogosian, the Sabres have made a move. It's not the one we thought they would do. And I guess now we know why they didn't trade Zach Bogosian because no one wanted him. Yeah. I'm well. You know, he was put on waivers. He wasn't claimed, sent down to Rochester, just like you said. He requested a trade earlier this season, and I'm guessing this means there's no market for him. You know, he's a right-handed defenseman on the in the final year of his deal. You'd think – I wonder if – and I put this – I was thinking about this last night. I wonder if there's more of a market for him as we get closer to the deadline. Maybe. You know, let's say he does end up playing in the in the AHL for Rochester. Maybe he can prove himself because um, it doesn't seem like teams want him right now. I, I'm guessing that they would have to retain some type of salary because, you know, because 5.1 is a lot of money. I don't know how many teams could actually uh, take that on. I was looking, you know. I, I have a couple teams here. Uh, you have the Avalanche, who you know just could use an extra depth piece. Uh, Columbus, because you know injuries. And I looked at a t- another team in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who? Because why the hell not? And I, they could probably afford them because why the hell not? McDonough's out for a few weeks, isn't he, as well? Yeah, and right now their third-pairing right-handed defenseman is Leafs legend, Luke Shen. Leafs legend. Why do you have... Oh, you know what? It's it's tough for Bogosian. He's... Because I, I, I thought about it. He's... He's one of those weird defensemen that I think, is he actually good? Well, no one knows because he's not getting played. (laughs) Is he a Justin Hull? No. Is he a practicer? Is he a player? That's the question there. I, I would I would be surprised if no one made the call because we'll get into that this in a second, but a lot of players have been getting hurt over the past few weeks. Like a lot of players. I think as we get closer to the trade deadline, and I always use this as my example, uh, you look at what Winnipeg Winnipeg did last year, bringing in Nathan Beaulieu from Buffalo and Matt Hendricks. I think he was playing for the Wild at the time on the last day. I believe it was the last day uh, of the before the last day before the trade deadline. They brought these guys in. Is that something a, t- a contending team might want to do? I would say so. Again, I guess it's just all down to the fact of, hey there, what does the salmature of salary or Buffalo willing to retain? And I mean, we've talked about leverage of trade so many times. Uh, I don't think Buffalo have much here. So, but we talked about injuries, Alex, and these are some real rough ones. Eric Carlson. A bit of a scrum in the Sharks game. And he doesn't mean to block a shot, but Shark comes in, catches him on the thumb. He's out for the rest of the year now. He'll be getting surgery on that thumb. 
if there's any good news out of this, it wasn't his groin, it wasn't an ankle, it wasn't anything that could really add to his history of, oh boy, are we concerned about this deal. By the way, friendly reminder, people, this is year one of his eight-year contract. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. That's another season-ending injury for the San Jose Sharks, who, reminder, don't have a first-round pick. Yeah, that really isn't good. Uh, I think the... You know, obviously it sucks that he's injured. The best thing that could have happened for the San Jose Sharks happened in that it was not a groin or ankle injury because I think if it was, it it, it would – I mean, obviously it's already season-ending. But, you know, looking into next year and considering he has seven more years on a deal, it's – this was the best thing that could have happened for this team. Yeah, another injury that re- this one just really sucks. So Michael Ferlin just comes back from injury. I believe it was also a concussion. Yes. Doing a conditioning stint with the AHL, of course, with the Utica Comets. Comeback only lasts a few minutes until he's taken off, taken off the ice, called back for concussion symptoms. Coming yeah. right back. And this is just... Michael Furlan, really, the past two seasons, merely made a name for himself in Carolina and Calgary, of course. Then signs this nice deal with the Canucks, this young, upcoming team, probably the type of guy you'd love to play with Elias Patterson to, you know, the bang crash style. Only has played 14 games for them this year, five points. He hasn't played since December 10th for Vancouver. What else is there to say other than it's it's just it's so unfortunate. You know, I, I wonder. I uh, probably doesn't play another game this year. You know, hopefully next year comes back even better. The best you can hope for. For Concussions sure, are a scary thing. So our our best wishes for sure for Michael Farrell and Alex. But to finish off the power hour, let me ask you: What is your read of the bye week? Uh, Eric Stevens from The Athletic. Uh, We talked about last week the uh, Jay Bomeister incident. Mm -hmm. This is, we are in great hands. Duck staff gets praise for saving Jay Bomeister's life. You love to see it, Alex. Um, Mine, to lighten up the mood, is uh, One Piece, Chapter 971, Sentenced to Boil, with Kozuki Oden is going to try and save the lives of his subordinates. One Piece, a manga about pirates and friendship. Alex, speaking of friendship, you are my friend. And you're my friend. Thank you, Alex. (laughs) I don't know quite what that was, but... I don't know what that was either, man. My cold medication is taking effect. It's kicking in. By the way, listeners, I gave Alex a call yesterday. I don't remember much about the call, Alex. What can you tell the listeners about it? Um, okay. I guess that means we're getting started into the first segment. Because that's what we talked about. Did we? Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to talk about play your safety. Where do we start? Should I start? Sure. Okay. Okay, 
if you've been living under a rock for a week or you have no internet, then let me remind you what happened or let me tell you. So Boston versus Montreal, that was when? That was a Thursday? Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Zdeno Chara, who's like 100 feet tall on the ice, received a $5,000 fine, which is the maximum per whatever CBA, for cross-checking Brendan Gallagher to the face. Brendan Gallagher, who's my height, by the way. Joke. That is an absolute joke. Number two, Zach Cassian. Seven games for kicking towards a player with his skate blade. Yes, you heard me right. He tried to kick someone with his skate blade. And last but not least, Evander Kane. Three games for elbowing to the head of Neil Pionk. So I I don't know exactly where I'm going to start. So... Because it's so concerning how ridiculous each and every one of these incidents are. You know, let's start with the Char and Gallagher one, which I think you wanted to get to later, but we're going to get to it now. Uh How, and, 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 you know, I am going to use a Toronto example here, but because it's the, the first thing that came to my mind, but let's start with just, Let's just start with the char. What Chara did? He took his stick. Sure, you know what? Fine. It wasn't to his face. It was to his neck. It, does that make it sound any better? Can because I? That- can I tell you something really funny? Tell me. Zidane Chara is six foot nine. Yeah. Brendan Gallagher is actually. I thought he was my height of five eleven. He's five nine. He's my height. Zidane Chara has a foot on him. Which means he has to... It's not just throwing his stick up. He has to reach down a foot to hit Brendan Gallagher. And he gets five grand as a fine. Are you kidding me? And by the way, something we don't realize about this. Zidane Chara. Is someone who can shoot a puck at 108 miles per hour. Now, for those of you who don't know, when the harder a player has a shot, the like the um, the tighter flex they have on their stick, aka the stiffer their stick is, aka the harder it is. So this guy is probably gonna have one of the harshest flexes, and goes down the foot to cross check Brandon Gallagher in the neck, and he gets nothing. He's making what three million dollars this year, and he does this and gets five grand, and that's it. No suspension. Makes what? It's like like point five percent of his salary is taken away from him. And this guy's made how much money over his career? Joke. Total joke. Absolute joke. And and that's what. And I feel like man, I keep saying this week after week after week after week that we could literally have a segment called. The Department of Player Safety. We can straight up have a segment every single episode. It's not, you know, we're going to talk about the refs when we get to Montreal because I didn't see the game, but you did. There was a whole set of incidents that they missed. 
um, the Department of Player Safety has the ability to go back and watch a play. How do you sit there and tell me that getting cross-checked in the face is not a suspension? How is it that you go, you watch, and now I'm going to bring in my Toronto example here. You, you know, last year, game two, um, Chara, it, the, the, the play's not even going anymore. Chara literally punches someone in, John Tavares in the face with his glove on. No one bats an eye. No one bats an eye. No one says, oh, like, uh, okay, that's fine. Um, then Kadri does whatever the hell he does and, and gets the rest of the series. He cross-checked the guy in the face. He literally cross-checked the guy in the face. The exact same thing that Zidane Chara just did and got five game or four games. How can you sit there and tell me that there's consistency in the league? Evander Kane is right. And we're going to get to his statement after. He's right, man. It's not consistent. It's not. They So, yeah, they make right calls sometimes. But every other time, it seems like they just don't make the right call. Or they don't make a call at all. Do we, do we want to talk about Kane? Because... First of all, I I think he should have been suspended. I, I think he should have been suspended too. But I, I do get... I have his statement here. Would you like me to read it? Yeah. All right, so this is from Evander Kane. This is moments after we found out that he gets three games for throwing an elbow. So, Evander Kane. <clears throat> Quote, The fact the NHL Department of Player Safety, headed by George Peros continue to pick and choose who and what they suspend is ridiculous. They have been count there have been countless incidents of the same nature through this season and past seasons that have gone unsuspended or fined. No person can tell you what is or isn't a suspension in today's game. It's become a complete guess. There is a major lack of consistency with NHL player uh, sorry within NHL Department of Player Safety, a completely flawed system in so many ways. From the suspensions to appeal rights, it's baffling to me how we as players continue to agree to this. You can't continue to give some players a pass and throw the book at others. There has to be an outside third party making these decisions to remove the bias and transparencies in the NHL department headed by George Peros. None of it makes any sense. And you know what? He makes so many great points there. He okay. He makes good points. I, I'm gonna comment on this first about the third party, which I guarantee you will never happen. No other league has a third party that that does suspensions. You won't see that ever happen. Uh, apparently, this is Brian Burke was talking about this last night on To the Point. Um, that the league fought for this. So I don't expect them to give this up anytime soon. Um, 
but for the rest of it, and, and and I don't think that he was coming out saying that he shouldn't have been suspended. I think his issue with the situation is that I did. I don't know if you got my text. I just sent you a text of this is a tweet that Evander Kane uh, retweeted. Yes. Uh, from the Boston Arizona game. Yeah. And there was a blatant elbow to the head, and it was not called. It's Lawson Kraus on, I believe, Charlie McAvoy. And it was not called. Clearly throws his elbow up, yes. I believe, so, sir, Evander Kane also, he did it with the Char incident. He brought up how that wasn't a suspension. He, he made a really, he did a really, really good job. He brought up all these examples and showed just the lack of consistency. And I think a lot of people are, from what I've seen online, is that there's a, the the people who think that he's asking, that he's saying he shouldn't get suspended. My interpretation of his statement is that the Department of Player Safety is inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Not that he shouldn't have been suspended. Obviously, I don't know what Evander Kane thinks, if he should have been suspended or not. But his statement shouts out to me that, you know... Like this is, this is BS. There's no consistency to this. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Now he should have been suspended for sure. Was mm. it, a, it to me? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. The three games. Is he not a repeat offender? Yeah, he got abuse of the official earlier to start the season. Okay, fine. Do you want to say you know what abuse of the official that was very questionable? Sure, but was he not fined for elbowing? Was this not a thing? Uh, I will find out his disciplinary uh, history quickly. You, you know, either way, it's yeah. He was fined for elbowing in December. He was. He was fined for elbowing in December, after and then he does it again after being suspended. Like two months earlier. So is three games enough? No, he probably should have gotten three games for the original elbow. And then this should have been up to five or something. It's, it's exactly, ridiculous. It's just, yeah, again, it's the lack of consistency. Now, I think we should get to the cherry on top. Oh, As you said. Oh. Zach Cassian who, again, with a blade, a sharpened blade, a skate on his leg, kicks Tampa Bay player Alex Cernak. Let me read you this quote. Eric Cernak. Eric, what did I say? Alex. Alex, sorry. Um, Alex Kalorn scored in that game, sorry. So this is the quote from Zach Cassian, which I... Oh, I don't like when Zach Cassian talks, but... Well, it felt like we were there for a lifetime. We were down there. This is in reference to um, one of or the Oilers' own players actually knocked uh, Cernak and Cassian down. They were admitted this. Uh, it was after the whistle. Like Cassian was holding the player to begin with, by the way. Yeah. We were down there for a while. He was holding my leg. It was reactionary. I was trying to get him off me, kick him off me. I was trying to get my foot loose. It, this is the worst part. If I kicked him hard... I think he would have flown back or the ref would have called a penalty. End quote. Don't sit there and tell me that it was reactionary. 
Don't sit there and tell me it was reactionary. I guarantee when you start hockey, when you start hockey, they tell you not to do stuff like that. That's the dumbest thing I've heard. That's the stupidest thing I've heard. It's like it's reactionary. What did I text you about? It's like not knowing what you're doing when you go to thumb wrestle Edward Scissorhands. Like, what are you? You're wearing a blade on your foot. Now, of course, from this, Cassian was offered an in-person hearing, which he chose to waive the right and instead did it over the phone. And as a result, Cassian got for for kicking someone with a skate seven games. Don't forget, he's a repeat offender. Again, he was suspended a month ago. A month ago. What's the point of what's the point of saying, you know, if you're a repeat offender, there's going to be more consequences when you don't even do like follow that rule. If he's not a repeat offender, how many games does he get? He should he should still get they're still kicking someone. Imagine if he didn't have if he didn't get suspended earlier this year, he would be he would have no prior record over the last 18 months. Imagine what how many games would he have gotten? I don't know. Right. That's scary to think about. It's scary to think about. It's ridiculous. I'm trying to find his exact... It's it's weird that it's only 18 months because I know he has been suspended before. <clears throat> he had, a, I believe, it was a three-game penalty earlier when he was... Oh, no, never mind. That's back in uh, the Owen Sound days. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's an... I, I don't understand how... You don't give him at least 10 games. You're... It's a kicking motion towards a player. In his chest? The organs? You know what the thing is, though? It, it, it is, I keep hearing this. I don't know if you've re- uh, heard what Brian Burke said uh, last night. They were talking about the Cassian incident. And, he's, and he, was, he was talking about, you know, he was kicking it in his chest. There's the, all that padding there. That's not the point. It's not the point that he kicked it in his chest. He's wearing a freaking blade on his foot. And he had, he was trying to kick him. I don't it's, often see a lot of people reactionarily kick someone in the game of hockey. That's just that that's so dumb. It's brainless. It's unbelievable that he only got 7 games. Looking at all the stupid stuff he's done this season. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. What I have to ask you, Alex. Is because Gary Bettman did say. He gave a statement about. But there was nothing nothing to it. It was the normal corporate lawyer speak. So with all, because the, the especially the Evander Kane stuff has gotten a lot of attention. Is there any sort of change to players? No. No. Do you think that Peros resigns, though? Because the reason no. I ask that is because, and I'm not saying from pressure from people. 
I'm because we all know that it's been said by you know Shanahan by Burke uh, that player safety or supplementary discipline as it was back in the day is probably the most difficult job in the league. So do you think Paros this year alone will be doing this job next season? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he's still doing this next year. You really think? I don't think he's going to get fired. I don't think he's going to get fired, but I wonder if there's a part of him that just says, screw this, I'm out. I don't think he cares what people think. He's going to do what he does. Remember when he first got the job and was like, ah, a gentleman tough guy. He'll do it, right? Yeah, because he never got suspended. And he's like, oh, that it's going to be okay. He never got suspended, but he was a goon. So he'll know what to do. Former half. How does that? What does that even mean? Habs legend George Peros. What, what does that even mean? Because he wasn't suspended, but he was a goon. That's the stupidest thing ever. Oh, well, because people, the goons are always the nicest people, Alex. So they don't know what to do. They're a little new, uh, you know. They got punched in the face a lot. They punched other people in the face. They'll know how to, how to do ridiculous. that. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, Alex, it's time to move on. We've got the Leafs who, you know, they've won. They beat the Sens. They probably should have. They beat the Stars. The, no, they lost to the Stars, didn't they? But there's there's some good news that should be coming anytime soon on the Leaf land. There's been some bad news. And, of course, in Montreal, it's just it's all bad news. So where do we want to start? Well, I don't have a whole lot to say with the Leafs, so why don't I get that, uh, why don't I get that going? Then do you want to start with the fact that the Leafs have placed Andreas Janssen, LTIR. He'll be out for eight weeks, knee surgery. Yeah, more money to spend. So I saw some sort of tweet that basically showed that they have $8 million in cap space now? Or $8 well, million to spend because of LTIR it, shenanigans? Yeah, so it, it kind of depends on uh, a couple other things. What what's going on with Riley? Now we pretty much heard that he's out till the end of March. Um, if the Leafs are in a playoff spot, you know, do the Leafs say, okay, you know what, Riley, th- take three games off or four games off, which is pretty much what they'll have by that time, um, and then bring him back in the playoffs, which also gives them that five million dollars of. Riley's cap space to go out and spend. Uh, and what's next for Cody CC? Does he play another game in a Leafs uniform? That's something else that, w- that would have to be talked about when it comes to this LTIR money. I see. Yeah, uh, it's it's complicated, you know. I wonder if Riley does end up sitting the rest. No, I know trade deadline will be passed and gone by then. Then because the Florida Panthers just keep losing, and now the Leafs have a four-point cushion. Yeah, the Panthers have a game in hand, but I yeah, if if Riley will end up getting that break, we well, by the end by the end of March, they're only they're not going to have a whole lot of game. I think about five games left, or so. You know, depending on what position they're in. I think at this point it's quite clear that it's third place in the division. That's pretty much it. You know, Tampa and Boston are far, far ahead. You know what's hilarious, Alex? What? 
Vasilevsky hasn't lost in regulation in ever. And I'm looking at standings. The Tampa Bay Lightning have played the same amount of games as the Boston Bruins. They're only a point behind them. So that is scary. There is a situation here where the Leafs, if they make it, and Tampa keep being Tampa, where we get another Boston-Toronto series in the first round. I don't know if I can watch it. (laughs) I legitimately don't know if I can watch that. I think you will. Oh, of course I will. But it but will, I won't be the same coming out. This show will be at its greatest, I think. Oh, for sure. But hey, uh, I gotta ask you, Alex. I don't want to ask you about Matt about uh, Muzzin because I'm I'm pushing this out as much as possible, hoping the deal comes out on the show. But <laughs> let me ask you about Matt Dumbo because he is I, not going to be a Maple Leaf. You don't think so? And I'll tell you why. Everyone's been talking about Matt Dumba being a Leaf. Therefore, he will not be a Leaf. Let's look at the two big trades we talked about that that have not. I, I'll call them big, bigish trades that have happened with this team. Let's talk, the most recent one, Jack Campbell. Uh, you know, we always knew um, Dubis was interested in bringing Kyle Clifford in, but. We the Kings weren't really interested in giving him up, I guess, until this trade happened. But how long did we talk about Jack Campbell being a Maple Leaf? I believe it was like that day Friedman wrote something in 31 Thoughts, and then boom. Even at the beginning of the season when we knew they had needed a backup, maybe we talked about it for a day? Yes. Never, barely talked about it. Because right? they, they're a quiet organization. That's what Lou did there. Now... How many people, you know, we all talked last year that the Leafs needed to de- bring in a defenseman. Um, obviously, everyone was talking about Nylander for Petrangelo, ex- whatever. Um, did anyone talk about Jake Muzzin? No, I was shocked when it happened. Yeah. So, dubious only trades for players that people don't talk about that much. <laughs> Well, Alex, you know what I think we should do really quickly? What? I think we should visit up the 201 podcast trade bait board. Okay. Because there's a defenseman that I think the Leafs might go out there and get. Is it Zach Bogosian? It's not Zach Bogosian. (laughs) I think Sammy Vatanen's going to be a Leaf. I don't think so. I'm out. I'll tell you why. Why? Because he doesn't have term. Oh no! No, you're right. I forgot. Yeah, they want the least term, don't they? Right. Yeah. And, and if you're looking at at uh, if you're looking at why that's the case, think about this team without bringing in a player with term, right? You you have Riley Berry, Muzzin Hall, uh, and like Sandine and Dermot, that's when they're fully healthy. I don't think Lilia Grin will be with the team in the playoffs. That's just the sense I get if they have a full, uh, fully healthy lineup. Like, that's a pretty good uh, well, it's not the greatest. Obviously, they need a defensive defenseman that can play with Morgan Riley, but I think for the most part, that's an. I guess good but very faulty defense. Defensive core. 
But bringing in a, another right-handed defenseman that can play defense would be very nice. Well, then, Alex, I think what we should do now is we're talking about defense. Jake Muzzin, it sounds like the Leafs and Muzzin are very close on working out a deal here. It sounds like yeah. it'll be four years, and the number of people have thrown around has been $5.5 million. Now, some... yes. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. Well, no, I was just going to talk about uh, what Chris Johnson said last night. We're probably not going to hear about this deal until after the um, after the trade deadline because apparently some CBA stuff, which basically says that you know the team can only have a certain salary cap, like it can only go up a certain amount. It can only, sorry, allocate a certain amount of salary cap for the next season and that number goes up 10% afterwards after the trade deadline sorry that was so confusing I got it for <laughs> I I confused myself <laughs> Listen, um, I'm so sick right now that I'll just smile and nod away so you you made sense don't worry so Obviously, we had Pierre Lebrun talking about uh, that the four years, five and a half million AAV, and I think for me that would be a good deal. Oh, you know, consi- considering how he's played in Toronto, but you know, this is something we've talked about with a couple other players too uh, from LA. That deal could really turn sideways at any point. You know, he's going to be 31 on the 21st, February 21st. Uh, and, you know, considering what would be a heavy style of play and those extra playoff runs, it could really be a steep decline. And with the Leafs cap situation, it could be quite messy. Um, you know, obviously... At the end of the day, we all we look at deals. Are they a win? Are they a loss? I think, I think this deal would be a win for the Leafs. You know, considering how important he is for the team, um, bringing him back that alone, and the fact that there's not this extra term with you know years five, six, seven, and eight, which you know if he hit the open market, I feel like a team would probably offer some high years to Jake Muzzin. Considering that he can get it done at four years, I wouldn't be too upset. Well, Minnesota just cleared up some cap space for Zucker, so I don't know. I so you're that's... saying they're going to bring in Jake Muzzin if the Leafs don't sign him? I do, man. The state of hockey. No, but he's they... a Leaf. Any more on the Leafs front? It felt it's felt very. In Leafland, to me, you know, I, you know, we talked about the last couple of games about this whole third period stuff. That really has much hasn't changed. I think you can attribute a little bit of of their slowness. Uh, I think that's what I'll call it uh, lately. To you know, the flu. Uh, there's a whole lot. Obviously, Montreal has been an issue in Montreal too, um, with players being sick. Players are sick here too, so got to get over the, the flu. Podcast is sick. Yeah. Well, Alex, I think it's it's I I don't I don't want to talk about this team. This well, why don't you tell me what happened last night? 
So, first of all, I want to say this before I get into trouble here. The Habs deserved to lose that game. They blew a 3 nothing lead. Like, let's get that out the way, first of all. Okay? Okay. Now, we're going to ignore the Pittsburgh game because it was, you know, the Habs just, it was, it was more of like the Habs have no elite talent to finish their opportunities. It's that simple. So, the Dallas Stars are, I would say, a, a good team, Alex, right? Pretty good. I'd say the San Jose Sharks were a good team last year as well, right? Last year. Yes. Now, yeah. why would you say that the Dow, that the San Jose Sharks, what was the most important part of their success in the playoffs last year? I have no idea. It wasn't goaltending. Subpar officiating. Okay. Now, I think a very big part of Dallas's win last night. Question though, before you start. Yes. Do, and I'm just curious. It, it, I'm not trying to make a point here. Does Montreal win that game if there's average officiating? I'm just because I didn't. I haven't seen the highlights of it. I think that they do because. Okay. One of the blatant calls was a terrible power play, and it gave Tyler... You know, whenever there's less people on the ice and Tyler Sagan gets a good shot off, you know there's a good chance. And, by the way, his OT goal was uh, disgusting, if you saw it, ladies and gentlemen. But the reason I bring up that power play is because Ben Chirot was clearly tripped. And this is a big problem with officiating, that Ben Chirot then went after the guy. If you want to give Sherratt the penalty there, that's fine. But here's what you need to start doing. You need to call both guys instead of just calling the guy who retaliated. Just because somebody went after a guy doesn't mean that you ignore the person who committed a foul to begin with. Question. Yeah. What if they miss the first penalty? They didn't miss it. But I'm asking Sorry. you you if they did. Well, then the ref needs to apologize to the player. Like Wes McCall. But do they still give the pe- do they still give the penalty? See, that the, the reta- you you have to give the retaliation penalty though. The only reason that I I I don't believe well, yeah, that that's a tough situation because I well, know Well, now you're ignoring two calls. Sure, you missed the first one. We talk. The reason I'm asking is because because we talk about the makeup calls, and I heavily disagree with makeup calls. I, you I know, do- okay, you you missed the first one, great. Don't miss a second one that you blatantly see. But if you miss the first one and the guy retaliates, you have to call the second one because that's just a makeup call at that point. If you don't call the retaliation penalty. You're just making up for you that you missed an earlier earlier one. That's oh, what, the only reason I ask. If you see a guy going after a guy and you're calling roughing, that's fine. Yeah. But that, like, you know, it takes a second to get a guy to go to the bench or to go into the box and the other team to get their guys out there and start up the power play. You have enough time in that scenario. By the way, there's four officials on the ice that should be watching a puck at all times. So the first one, if all of them happen to miss it, it doesn't take too long to took like to check a replay for five seconds. But then again, you start getting into the conversation of do you start slowing the game down, which none of us right. want to do. 
No, but I go back and, and forth from do I want it called right or do I want it done fast? And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Arthur isn't it the officials, like the two officials that can make the penalty calls? The uh linesman can only call certain things. I believe I that's the I, case. I, I think you are right there, by the way, okay. which is terrible. By the way, there's four of you whistles out there. But still, there's still there's those are four eyes. But right. anyway, well, going back eight, to this, eight so, eyes, eight eyes. So Ben, yeah, sorry, but I'm saying like just if we're just talking about the two officials, that's yeah. four eyes. If you use common sense and use the linesman, that's eight. Okay, but going back to Ben Chirot, so he gets the retaliation. The other guy doesn't get called. Right, Dallas gets a power play. They score on that. By the way, um, God, I'm so sorry to Carey Price because you continue to be fantastic and the team in front of you just lets you out to dry. By the way, the season's over. Stop playing Carey Price into the ground. Seven years on this deal, people. Please don't. But anyway, there were two high sticks on Max Domi they missed that was so bad, the bleeding did not stop at OT and the bleeding was still there in post-game. Now, I do believe a part of that post-game was Max Domi didn't get it fixed up so people could see the fact that the refs missed it. Then, though, in OT, the ref is right in front of the play. Joel Armia, Yoel, sorry, he's Finnish. I wonder if he's done his military service. He gets tripped up. No call. Then later on, the rest of the game happens. Montreal gets screwed. Could have had a power play there. But anyway, instead, Sagan has a highlight reel, humiliates Victor Mete, sick backhander in there, right? Now, here's the problem. I'm, as I've said many times, I'm very sick. I also found out last night that my best friend's moving to Vancouver. So that's a heartbreaker, right? But I'm right here. But anyway, sorry. The sorry, listeners sorry. are going to be disappointed to find out that me and you actually hate each other. Yeah, we're, I know. we're actually doing this as part of a contract. Yeah. But anyway, so maybe there's just a part of me that's really mad about all this. But I just the cherry on top was afterwards. Brendan Gallagher and the referee have a bit of an exchange. Brendan Gallagher, who is not normally. Because normally Shea Weber is there, and Shea Weber will go talk to the ref as he's the captain. Now, Brendan Gallagher, after Dallas won the game, goes and talks to the referees. One of the ref is trying to keep the two separated because he's a smart referee. The other official tells Brendan Gallagher to F off. Now, I'm going to try and find this player's, this referee's name again. Give me one moment. I have the article up. And thank God that the uh, Habs eyes on the price of all the names highlighted. Dean Morton is the referee. If you recognize that name, he is one of the officials that was voted worst referees in the NHL player polls. Now, me and you had, a, had a, I'd say, a very heated debate about this. First of all, Dean Morton does not tell Shea Weber to f*** off. I can promise you that. I'm sorry I swore there, Alex. But I need to say that. Now, Hab's Eyes on the Price says in this article, Eric Angles was talking about how bad officiating is. I do not believe a referee who should be impartial should, tell, should ever 
tell a player to F off. Brendan Gallagher wasn't swearing at him. So he shouldn't have been swearing at him. And the TV and TVA Sports has the audio. So let's have this discussion, Alex, because I think this is the main event. We were, we, it wasn't even heated. I was on your side. I was hot about it. I'm, I was literally just telling you how people react when you get into their face. That's it. That's the only thing we had the discussion about, right? All I was saying was that, you know, if someone gets in your face like that, whether you know, it's not going to be a nice interaction. I understand they're supposed to be impartial, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I don't think being on the ice rink based on off of what we heard, they're not all pleasant experiences in the language that is being used, whether they like it or not. You know where I am in my life now? Where? I want refs available to the media after games. Actually, you know, that's it. That that's this isn't the only sport that uh, that this isn't the first time I've heard you say something like this. Actually, not you and like other people. It's a big thing in uh, UFC too. They want uh, officials to come out to be available afterwards. That would be interesting. I'd like to hear that too. I just I want someone to explain. Like, remember? Do you remember when I think I've told you about this? The game where Montreal were playing Ottawa last year and TJ Luxmore called Arturi Lekkonen for embellishing when he was making a pass to a goal and fell. It was okay. it was such a bad call, the NHL went back and removed the embellishment from Lekkonen's history. Okay. <laughs> like, like, I would love to know an official giving his reasoning after that. Or the officials who were removed from the playoffs when the Sharks, you know, when the Pavelski call or the Vegas game or the St. Louis hand pass. I want to know referees' point of view from this. I really do. But you want – I have a question because I know you're really heated and and I'm I'm a legitimate like, question. So- no, but, but it's a legitimate question. Do you want to hear their point of view because you legitimately want to hear their point of view or because you want to hear their point of view just to simply just so you can bash their point of view. No, because love, that's the thing. Just 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 the thing is though is that that's what's going to happen a lot of the times is the 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 refs if let's say imagine the refs came out they had a media availability after that game. Mm-hmm. Someone asked, "Okay, what was your point of view on this specific call?" It's going to be, it's they're going to get bashed, you know. Okay, so you didn't like that call, but the Dallas fans don't care. So now you start bashing Dallas fans. Dallas Dallas fans start bashing you. It's a nightmare. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's a route. Like I don't think. Listen, I'd love to hear what they have to say because for me, I'd like to hear their point of view too. But I think for for the refs, I don't think they want to put the refs in that position because what's going to end up happening, and you see this a whole ton with players, you know, they come out and, okay, this is my point of view on this situation, and they just get completely ripped apart for it. Well, if, if that's the make, issue, if you're going to make players and coaches do media avail- availability, I think the refs need to do it too. They're but it's the not part of their contract. I think that that needs to change. 
because I think different though. I think, and this isn't me just getting mad at refs, but I think in these kind of scenarios, you need to give everyone a voice to go out there and explain themselves. But there you go. Now you said it in this scenario, in these scenarios. So now, when do you give do you give referees media availability every single night? Or do you give referees media availability the day after they made a bad call? You do it every day so there's no more okay. excuses. Because, yeah, if you just do it selectively, then it's just not fair. Right. I think it needs to be a constant thing. And are they going to be asked every night? Probably not. But I, I still think... But ref- there you go. You, they, they, have to be, they have to be asked every night. They do. Yeah. But they're not. But, but you're saying they're not going to be asked every night. No, because not That's every just said. mess, but still, like I think you could still get a good quote from a ref or something. Like it doesn't always have to be bad. Like you're telling me you don't want to talk to Wes McCauley every night about when he makes a silly no. call, the Kachuk thing. I want to talk to Wes McCauley. I think he'd be a great quote. And what would he? What would he give to the story that uh, he set? No, uh, I'm asking. One. What? You can get some setup behind it. Like, oh, Wes, tell me about the Kachuk thing. But I want to know what happened during the game. I don't want to know what a ref did. I'm just telling you, If when I'm reading an article, I don't care that the ref made that specific. Okay, I I kicked these two centermen out so that the Kachuk brothers could take a face off. That's a great great Twitter. um, That's a great tweet to put out. But if I'm reading a story and I read that, I'm like, okay, that's, I don't care. I want to know what happened during the game, not what the ref did. You don't have to put it into a recap, but if you're doing a feature or something on the Kachuk, you bring it up and it's a fun little thing, right? That's like, Yeah, but we're talking about media availability after the game. You're not going to do a feature and do the media availability on that, right? Listen, I, I want refs to be accountable, all right? That's what I want. I want a whole set of people accountable. But, Listen, the officiating, it ties into player safety. It ties into the inconsistency of the league because, it, like, player safety and officiating can't work without the other, right? But they're not they are not working together. That's what I mean. Who they runs should... the refs? Who? Sorry, who's the ringleader over there? The head of officiating? Oh, I can check. Yeah. Oh, yeah. NHL head of officiating. I think I've heard of him before. Stephen Walkham. So, so, well, something needs to get done whether you want here's the thing i highly i highly doubt that this the that the suggestion that we came up with that the teams are going to make or the the league is going to make them available to the media i think it's more likely that they say okay let's sit down with the rule book and or let's come up with techniques or something something so that they don't miss these calls Oh, that's too progressive, Alex. That's not the NHL. Okay, so then nothing's going to happen. Oh, of course. Nothing will. Nothing will. But I think making them available to the media is the last thing that's ever going to happen. I don't... You know what, Alex? I want it to happen, but I agree with you. Oh, Gary Bettman's not going to let it happen in a million years. Exactly. It's never going to happen. Now... Is there anything else to talk about with Montreal? Druin didn't play last night. He's he's hurt again. Looks like that injury was worse than originally believed. He wasn't 100%. So apparently afterwards, and this is very frustrating, he was having troubles taking one-timers and receiving hard pass passes, which when I saw that, I thought, um, 
what? Why is he playing? This was after the Leafs game. So, which was really annoying because the medical staff apparently gave him the thumbs up and Julian said it was up to the player to remember this. So, you know what's really frustrating? So, obviously they showed the team doctor for the Habs last night. And I think uh, probably a big part of that was um, after the GMO Meester, I think they're highlighting doctors a bit more. How is it that Jonathan Druin can't take a hard pass and can't take one-timers if he has the green light and B? Uh, why is he playing? Because now he's out again. Like, the season is, is over. I know I say this almost every show, and I had that brief glimmer of hope. But now the Habs have lost four straight. They might hit another eight-game winless streak. Fantastic. But, I mean, these last, what, 20 games are just going to be complete purgatory. It's hell. I hate it. And, you know, we're not mortgaging the future, and we're going to be better next year. It's all I can, um, it's all I can do. I can't tell if my car's decision to not number the volume is easing my anxiety or making it worse. I only hear music on an even number. This is just a tweet from Chris Evans. <laughs> Alex, to get me through this disastrous cold, I was watching Endgame earlier. Why? Um, because. See, because the, the, the DVDs of... Uh, the DVD hasn't come out for Rise of Skywalker. There's not... How do I put this to make it sound legal? There isn't a great way to watch the movie, so I was thinking of what I can watch to get me through this pain because my family are uh, there isn't the grandparents today, and the grand the grandfather has some health issues. So I thought if I go, I might kill him. Probably shouldn't. So bad. That's so bad. Yeah, but you know, I went there. You so know thoughtful. Because I was really sick in Christmas, right? So and now we're we're on reading week. So every time I get some free time from school, I'm sick. Oh shucks. Yeah, no, I can't. You know, I'm thoughtful. I don't want to get the rest of the school. So thoughtful. Why is Matt Sundin trending? Let's look at this. The fanatic. In honor of Valentine's Day that just passed, I want us to all show some love for our favorite Leafs ever. Even though this is a picture of Darcy Tucker. Okay. Cool. <laughs> wow. Okay, Alex. I think that's everything. Um, ladies and gentlemen, keep your eye on Twitter because by the time you see this, the muzzle extension will be done. Probably. But if you enjoy this episode of the podcast, let's say you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, you should subscribe to the show to listen to it. Get notified anytime a new episode comes out. Check out the show's Instagram page as well as the YouTube page for clips and all that kind of stuff. And while you're over there, leave a comment. Get the discussion going. Tell me what you think of player safety. And then, of course, what you should do is, if you're on iTunes or something, leave a review. We want to hear from you because we love you. Beside that, check out me and Alex's social medias. All that will be in the description below. Hopefully, Daniel will be here eventually. We'll see, but Alex, I think that's everything for today. Anything else you would like to say? Keep listening. I agree. I won't be this sick in the future. Alex, I really hope I muted my computer every time I cough or anything. I did? I think so. None of that's going to be good. All right, then. I think that's it, then. Goodbye, everyone.